0: The Warriors All 82 Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Warriors ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time for thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download game time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Knicks are in Chase Center on Wednesday. Uh, Two worst records in the NBA, so you should be able to find a decent, affordable ticket to get to the Chase Center. Hello, and welcome back to a discouraging edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Nate Duncan with me. Uh, Nate, I want to, like, you know, because I'm not trying to do, like, gamers on these this season necessarily, get into, like, the um, your, your thoughts on kind of each of the Warriors' potential future pieces. But as far as this game goes, a, a home loss to the Grizzlies. It was the first time they've been favored in 21 games. Like, this w- was... Kind of a bad loss. And, you know, the Warriors have had bad performances this season. They've had a ton of losses. Um, But really, since Steph broke his hand, to me, this was the first time it's like, man, like they should have won tonight. And if they even played okay tonight, they win. But they just played really bad at home against a bad team after two off days in the Bay Area. Like, I was kind of surprised by how bad they were.
1: I can't say that I was, (laughs) to be honest, because this team has really been less than the sum of its parts even with Steph Curry and even if you look at the individual guys where there have been a few success stories it doesn't really seem to fit together they can't get up anywhere uh, close to a modern amount of three-pointers for example for this team uh, they've got guys who are kind of brought in to play with stuff like Cauley Stein Will he it's tough for him to set up without very much space. Any anytime he has to catch it and do something other than an alley oop, you know, he's going to really struggle. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell, again, I mean, he's had a few big statistical games, but you know, he, in theory, the way he's being paid, should have been by far the best player on the floor tonight, and that just is not the case. You know, he really got outplayed by Jean Morant, and you know, doesn't really seem to bring a lot of juice I mean this team is set up perfectly for him with the way they drop the bigs back they should have been able to work into the mid-range get his shot all day conventional pick and roll defense and it just for whatever reason was not there for him
0: he was really sloppy tonight um and he kind of like you know has a bit sometimes of a loose sloppy game um but you like it right before. Remember, before you he heard the thumb injury, like he had a little streak. He had the 52 point game in Minnesota, he had a couple, you know, 30 plus point games after that. Like, he was getting into a rhythm. Uh, you know, he was hitting his jump shot, and a lot of times that's probably what it comes down to to him. Like, if he hits his jump shot, but tonight, um, there was kind of a frustration level about the way he, you know, not only I think he only had like three turnovers on the box score, but Steve Kerr, without directly mentioning him, mentioned post game that. We had a lot of shot turnovers tonight, which was basically just kind of like, you know, quick shots that weren't good shots that kind of sprung Memphis into a three-on-two fast break the other way. And, you know, without looking at the tape, I would bet that Russell had maybe four of those tonight. Um, he was just like a really a, kind of a net negative tonight. Um, and as you bet, like they got to get him back going, I guess. I mean, again, like nothing, you know, it's not like so they can get back in the playoff
1: chase. He's, he's the most important player on this team for their future. I mean, either number one, he's gonna have to be worth a max contract paying for this team, or number two, he's gonna have to be worth a max contract so someone else will trade for him and get him some positive assets. So, I mean, if he's gonna keep playing like this against a, one of the worst teams in the league, neither of those things is gonna have is gonna happen.
0: This is as as pissed as I've seen uh, Steve Kerr and Draymond after a loss this season, um, because again, kind of what I mentioned again, like they. Um, they've been able to absorb – they they've been able to, like, reset their expectations. They're both realists about the situation. They understand what's a winning basketball team and a losing basketball team in the NBA. Um, they – even when, like, they lost at home to the Hornets, they only had eight players that night. They weren't that mad post Uh Even when they got blown out by, what, like 40 in Dallas. Uh, it was just Luka Doncic just kind of unloaded on them and, and their young guys kind of wilted a little bit. Um, but th- this one, I just – I think they believed coming off the road trip, coming off a win in Chicago that felt momentum building, get Jacob, getting Jacob Evans back tonight, which bumped Jordan Poole from the rotation, uh, playing against a bad Grizzlies team, going to play a bad Knicks team on Wednesday night. There was a feeling around the veterans, the people that matter around this team that, hey, I think we're going to start to gain a little bit of rhythm. That wasn't going to lead to a playoff spot, but it was just going to lead to better basketball. And I think they believe they, take, they took a team-wide step back tonight.
1: Yeah, and I would agree with that, although certainly the Grizzlies played very well. But defensively, in particular, I mean, the transition defense was atrocious. You know, that's very much effort based. It started with some of the turnovers and bad shots, but the Grizzlies love to run. They're not a good half court offensive team. They have one guy who can create in the half court who happened to kill the Warriors tonight, John Morant. Uh, but so if you let these guys get out in transition after the first half, they were in the hundredth percentile for percentage of possessions in transition. And that's just, that, that's the, the one way you're going to lose. And that's really uh, you know, taking care of the ball and effort and transition defense. That's, you know, those are the things that Steve Kerr would argue you can control no matter your talent level.
0: Um, I want to get into like a wider scope uh, conversation about some of these younger Warriors players. Uh, Eric Pascal tonight had, like, maybe his worst game of the season. I don't know what he finished. Uh, at one point, I, you know, I know he was 0-5 and scoreless in the first half. You got the box up. Yeah, 5 points, 2 of 10. Two yeah, rebounds. Yeah, they – you know, it's, they – one of their better games this season was in Memphis. They won, um, and Pascal was good that night. He closed the win down the stretch. He was really kind of killing – Dylan Brooks, early in the game, he had an and one on Jaron Jackson. He had a little floater over Jaron Jackson. But tonight, Jaron Jackson was much better than that night in Memphis. They put Jackson on him from the start, and we kind of saw maybe Pascal's limitations against size. I don't know how many times Jackson blocked his shot, but he was really bothering him. Um, He forced four misses on him
1: in that first half. Three of them were blocked. Two of them were blocked jump shots.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So you saw maybe like Pascal at his – potential like worse tonight you know like again fighting against lank struggling kind of getting a little whiny with the referees uh but where are you on him overall i mean moving beyond at this point we know they got a steal at 41 that's obvious um but as this thing advances into the future like w- how are you starting to view him
1: yeah i try to see how he might project to fit in with a winning team one of those ways might be as a score.
0: Nobody talking. No, all right. Here from uh, the the arena, people. I have uh, Chris Haynes sitting behind us. He's cracking up because uh, we we have a potential uh, arena duel going on. Uh, this is this is uh, the last time we saw
1: this. It was those two local TV cameraman like about to fight each other a couple years ago at. Uh, the Rockton Performance Center.
0: I, that, was, that was actually a Chris Haynes-induced near-brawl among the media because I believe that was the day. I'm trying to remember the exact report that Chris Haynes. It was something about uh, LeBron maybe going to the Warriors. Remember, like, it, it was it was about LeBron, like, not ruling out, thinking about the Warriors and his free agency. <laughs> right. And that just, it it incited about 25 tv cameras to just happen to go to warriors practice that day it was way (laughs) more packed than usual
2: and and it was
0: january january 2018 or something like that uh yeah
1: that's (laughs) right i remember it well
0: and uh it it forced like 25 people to surround Kd's um you know presser that day and that included two cameramen who both wanted the same spot and man it got heated that was a funny moment. Chris Haynes, how are you, sir? I can't believe you actually made it out here to this lottery battle tonight.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, it was it was, it was was just to talk to Ja. Just to talk to Ja. But I'll tell you right now. Best you, player on the floor tonight. No, he definitely was the best player on the floor by far. But uh, next time you'll see me is, um, is the next decade. You're not going to come to Knicks Warriors? That might that could be for the number one pick on next Wednesday. Next decade. Next decade, which is what, about three weeks from, three weeks from now? Yeah, oh, you, you meant the two thousand thirties. No, no. I'm not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I made mean, two thousand twelve that's the start of the new decade, right? It is, Okay, it is, All right, bro. come on slate. But no, it was a, uh, uh you know, I came and I realized I, I haven't missed much <laughs> You know. Whew. Yeah, this it's, it's it's rough. I, I you know, almost you know, I'm not trying to paddle on anybody, but I almost fell asleep a couple times up there. But it, it's, it's rough. This is a um, a rebuilding you know what this remind me of? I was talking to somebody during the game. It reminded me of um Philly. When they were going through their tanking. It's like everybody had a whole year of just showcasing. Which was good for a lot of players. And that's definitely what a lot of these players on the Warriors have going for themselves.
0: Yeah, but the problem is Philly was like playing two way guys and all this stuff. Not that the Warriors don't occasionally play a two way guy, but it was all those guys. I mean you got Draymond Green, Diazlo Russell making twenty seven million on the yeah. floor tonight, going six to twenty two, like Again, I mean, I was talking about, with Nate, but, like, the Warriors should have won this game. Like, they were favored. A lot of times this season, we haven't been able to say, like, this was just a bad performance.
2: Yeah, I, I get it, but, you know, it's – when you're playing with a lot of guys who aren't up to your caliber of play, it's easy for the defense to kind of key on you and play pay more emphasis on you. I'm talking about D'Angelo Russell. He's really the only true scorer they have on that, on that roster. Everybody else, and Pascal, I know he's been having a solid season, but he was he was pretty shut down. With two points, yep, two points today. So he was pretty shut down. So you know, I it, and I didn't see anything that I was surprised by. This this is just the roster that they have right now.
1: Now that- I, can, can I ask them a question? Yes. You talk to a lot of people around the league. What do you think D'Angelo's value is around the league on that max contract right now? You think that there are still teams that might be interested? in him at that number, uh, and, you know, how has this start for the Warriors affected that?
2: Well, I've only talked to a, a few, yeah. uh, if one. But, no, I, I think, um, you know, I think there's tremendous value from that from D'Angelo Russell because, you know, the point guard position is the most vital position in the NBA right now. Uh, he's somebody that's young. You know, people see he still has a lot of room to grow. But, no, so I, I definitely think there, there's, there, there's, there's going to be a great market for him once they do, if they haven't already put him out there on the market. Yeah,
0: I think it's probably more for, like, the Minnesotas of the world, the teams that can't, don't believe they can just dip into free agency and get a young, yeah. controllable asset like a D'Angelo Russell. But, you know, wouldn't Minnesota just love to have him for, you know, you lock him in on his four-year deal that you were trying to get him on this summer anyway. So, um, I don't know. It's And I don't know how much you can really judge him this season with, with how in and out of the lineup he's been, no Steph. To me, it'll be more interesting to see him – try to play alongside stuff chris haynes last one i don't want to keep you too long how are you enjoying this nba season everyone said the the ratings thing is freaking everybody out but you know you know lakers are good. i think we'll morph into a big sports story once okay. nfl is over don't worry tnt's uh tuesday ratings are about to go way up
2: i don't Ooh. know what, i don't know what they just talking about that's bro. a <laughs> no I could, comment i don't <laughs> know what i don't know what they was going with that but I'll say, from my from my vantage point, you know, I've been in LA most of the time this year, so, you know, you got the Lakers, Clippers. That's just they just that's just the hot buzz around town, and it's it's essentially the you know in the center of the NBA right now. Uh, but outside, definitely outside of that market, you, you can see the NBA taking a tremendous hit. You add what happened in in China over the summer, on top of Golden State Warriors just plummeting, on top of KD. Kyrie Irving not playing in Brooklyn on top of Kai, you know uh, Kawhi Leonard and the, the load management Zion Zion hey that's a big it, it's just been more of a, of, a, of a ton of things that just haven't gone the NBA's way so I, I think it you know towards obviously when playoffs start uh, the games start really mattering I think that's when the ratings will pick back up but it's, it's going to be tough the NBA has to find, figure out a way to to maneuver past this
0: Chase Center reviews this is what your second time here
2: it's my second time. <sighs> I mean, I like it. I mean, no, no, I, can, I can't even say I like it. Um, Ooh.
0: Yeah.
2: It's okay. It's okay. I, I thought, you know, this is the tech center of the world. I thought it would be a little, little bit more technological advancements in the arena. Uh, maybe I just don't see it. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely hurts that the team is bad right now because the energy is bad. I see empty seats. So, I, you know, I, I, I was in love with Oracle. So it's going to be hard to kind of to kind of win me over in that regard.
0: Nate, you got anything else for, for Chris before we, this NBA insider who suddenly just fluttered up here? I can't believe it. Uh, bounces. <laughs> Don't
2: get used to it, Slick.
0: <laughs> I won't. I, I'm shocked I even had a sighting of you. Now I have you on my podcast after a, a lottery duel. I, I'm still stunned. Yeah. Uh, um, so when you said the lack of interest,
1: uh, the the China thing, are you talking about – the fact that Chinese people aren't watching, or are you talking about that Americans are turned off by what might be perceived as the American players uh, sort of catering to China?
2: I was talking more so uh, Chinese not not watching. But, no, definitely there's an element of what you said with you yeah. know some fans being kind of turned off for how the NBA handled it. Uh, but, look, China is not airing any of the Houston Rockets games. Yeah. You know, and they're not ten cent. I believe it's ten cent. Is that the like the um?
1: Yeah, that's the streaming. Service. Yeah, the stream. And
2: they're the they're, they're not broadcasting as many games they did last year. I want to say only a handful of games. God. You know, thus far, so that's definitely hurting in the pocket. So there there's, there's a ton. We we just mentioned it. there's a ton of reasons why the NBA is lacking. Uh, we got and look another thing. These challenges. I, we didn't have a challenge today, but. Continue to slow the game down. Like I, I don't think anybody is in favor of of adding any more elements that's going to you know add to the the slow grind of the game. So that's something that needs to be rectified as well.
1: What do you what do you think of uh, potentially shortening the schedule? Do you think that that could be a, a something that would help? Few fewer games, but more attention on each game. How, how,
2: what's, how, what's fewer games? How, how many we're talking about?
1: I've always thought f- fifty-eight. Each team Ooh, plays each one twice.
2: Just. The, the
1: loss of revenue <laughs> would just hurt. The point is that it wouldn't be a loss of revenue. You would have, like, scarcity would make the ratings and, and the prices go up, so you wouldn't actually lose money. That's the that's the theory.
2: This is my thing. I think 58 is too low, personally. But yeah. this is my thing. If the players and the coaches value all 58 games, then it's a benefit. Right. But if they look at it as, okay, we got 58 games, so let's, let's see about playing Kawhi. Uh, Forty-five of those, you know what <laughs> I mean. Like, like if they're really, yeah. if we're gonna shorten it up, that means there has to be, you know, heavy emphasis placed on each game. You know, right. no, that, that, that's, that's the only
1: reason. That's that's the hope, uh, and that because the the players and the coaches, there, it already is a seventy-two game season. It's just they're eighty-two on the schedule, but yeah. nobody plays more than seventy-two yeah. now. That's a good point.
0: Yeah, I think there's like you know, obviously twenty reasons you guys have rattled off most of them uh, that this ratings issue is going on i think one that's being a little under talked about like the nfl is having a great year right now you know what i mean like you got the lamar jackson hype train uh you know obviously the niners out here have really ripped away any type of eyeballs that the warriors would have had but really across the league like it's been a very good nfl season when the nfl takes over america that kind of becomes all of what america's paying attention to whereas i think remember when it felt like the nfl was down a little bit Uh, A few years ago, like, that's kind of gone. And and to me, I think it'll be, I'm curious to see the ratings once the NFL is wiped away after the Super Bowl, they're going to start the ABC Saturday night games. You know, you would assume Zion will be back. Maybe Steph comes back in March. Like, I want to see, like, do you guys think playoff ratings are going to be significantly down? Isn't
2: that what really matters to the NBA? I I will say this. I think uh, the playoffs will be intriguing. Um, You know, you just want to see what you know, teams like Houston, you know, is going to do, even though we don't really think they're going to be, you know, advanced pretty far. But another another reason, Slate, not to go into a different subject, but another reason why uh, I think the NBA is not getting a lot of buzz, and I don't think what I'm about to say it doesn't contribute to the ratings, but don't every, mostly every season we can talk about what a big free agent is going to do that upcoming summer? You know, there's no talk. Like, this is going to be one of the – Yeah. You know, weakest in terms of star power, free agencies that we're going to have. Like we can't even look forward to that. KD, we've been doing. You know, we did that at the start of the season. Yeah. You know that AD is the only one, but you know he's resigning back with the Lakers. You know that. You know that doesn't contribute to the ratings, but that's just a, a, another buzzkill.
0: Yeah, and like you know, Giannis doesn't really. Even though he would be the big like next name, he doesn't really add to like the. Uh, I guess the rumor mill. Whereas, like, even when KD hated it, he just he'd go off on us, or you know, he he would create a headline that he didn't want to be out there, and then he'd get mad that the headline was out there, and he'd create another headline, being mad about that. And um, you know, the loss of KD, what, whatever you think about KD, like the loss of him, like rips away a lot of the you know juicier headlines. I mean, think uh, yeah. about the last few years. I
1: mean, two of the three best players in the NBA are not basically not going to play this year.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much a, a recipe for a decline, isn't it? In, in a league that relies so heavily on its, like, top 10 players, you know what I mean? Like, where the NFL can a little bit more rely on its teams to draw. Like, the NBA needs the stars to draw. And, like, like you said, two of the top names are out. Zion, who – how many Pelicans games have been on national TV so far this year? Like, seven yeah. probably. And, I mean, that's – obviously, they're already taking the Warriors off. I don't know. We, we went down a rabbit hole. I didn't think we were gone, but, I mean, you, you got to do that when this guy shows up.
2: I mean, all the only all reason I showed up because I thought I was gonna, so some of the workers were going to throw fisticuffs. So, I, you know, I had to get myself in a situation to, to see what was going on. And I had to make sure y'all was okay. I, I would have been taping. I would
0: have tried to get on um, World Star or something with uh, if that went down. Yeah, yeah.
1: Chris is just, like, preternaturally attracted to drama. <laughs> Anytime, he just has a
0: sixth sense for it. It's amazing. My favorite story of the year might have been Chris Haynes dropping the uh, Russell Westbrook's brother Ray getting oh, that, kicked out of Staples.
2: That was, funny. that was funny. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I can reveal the the words that were said from both sides during that during that little altercation yeah. or whatever you want to call it. Oh, it, it was funny. It was funny.
0: There's been less of that this year. Again, not to not to wrap the, the conversation back, but beyond just the free agency hoopla, you know, I don't know. There's just been less stuff
2: it has it has and that's why i'm in la waiting for it <laughs> that's why i'm in la man. I, I mean there's no other place to be right now like i'll just wait till you know the, you know some of the road teams that are interested you know i'll just wait till they come to la and catch them in but no nah, it's, it's really like outside of la there's really not much going on on a day-to-day basis
0: why do you think do- Doncic hasn't resonated? Because he's awesome, but he...
2: Because he, he hasn't ingratiated himself with the media. Like, he doesn't... It, it's tough, what I hear. It's, 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 he You know, he's pretty tough. He doesn't like talking. And, you know, Jokic over in Denver, even though he's not the same type of player, but Jokic is like that as well. Like, you know, they they want to play ball and, and, and take off. And so I, I think that's probably the reason why he hasn't... His stardom hasn't, you know, hit that level yet. But, shoot... He, he, if he, he gets some playoff moments... He's doing it with his play, man. He's an exciting guy, man. I think, you know, it's time to get his... his, his, his he's about time, ready to get his, a signature sneaker. I think that'll sell like crazy. He, he's, he's the real deal.
0: Yeah. No, he's been awesome. All right. Well, this turned into a different podcast than expected. Nate, I originally started trying to ask you about some of the younger pieces of these Warriors. Uh, do some just... Any quick thoughts on, like, Spellman, Pascal, any of these guys?
1: Yeah, yeah, before uh, the workers were almost at each other's swords, we are talking about Pascal and how he fits in on this team once it's back together. And offensively, you kind of have to squint to see it, right? Is he going to be maybe a bench scorer where they try to go to him and, and do a little bit of iso? You know, Kerr doesn't really like that that much. I don't think Steve Kerr does that good of a job of getting... Isolation scores in position to succeed And that's kind of what Pascal is Um, His three-pointer needs to make a lot of strides I mean, they even ran a couple of plays for him to get threes tonight But, you know, that kind of leg kick Shoot at the top of the jump type of thing uh, Doesn't really look that good for him right now You know, defensively, I think he can be okay You know, can he get to be really good? That'll be a question Uh, So, yeah, can he really work as an off-ball threat? when they're not he's not the number 1 offensive option and that's going to be very interesting see so yeah, that he's got to get better as a passer too if he's going to be a role man uh you know and he's kind of bull into traffic game we've talked about before he's going to have to diversify
0: do you believe this slimmer omari spellman can be like an eighth ninth man on a you know playoff team on a three seed i don't know I mean, it's the
1: thing about it is the playoffs are just so different and just to play on the, on a team like this where you're not getting subbed out when you screw up like I, I think people always and I'm starting to realize now this is the first time I've ever covered a bad team uh you kind of almost overrate how good guys are on bad teams and maybe underrate how good guys are on good teams especially when you get into the playoffs to just survive I mean he's You're two or three notches below that level of competition right now, and yeah, okay. How's he going to look if they run a pick and roll with James Harden at him? Like, I mean, he's probably yeah, like in that
0: West Finals
1: environment, right? Like he's probably just off the floor, you know. So, uh, and I mean, I don't think he has that level of mobility. So you're going to play conventional pick and roll defense with him. He's is he going to play the four? Is he going to be a five? I mean, is he going to shoot forty percent from three? Is it thirty five? So yeah, I think he can give him some good minutes, some stretch maybe in the regular season, uh, be an innings eater. I mean, i got a long way to go, and we're not even going to see that type of test for him. I mean, maybe if they play against Houston or something, who just, like, uh, is going to hunt all the matchups or or Dallas or something. But it's just – you can't even tell it. They're just so far away from that type of an environment right now.
0: Glenn Robinson, uh, you know, the shooting splits are really good. He's played – he's started every game this season – uh, I think he's been mildly reliable as a perimeter defender. I, more and more, i am starting to believe that he kind of fits in this rotation uh, into the future, which I wouldn't have said before the season. He hadn't really shown it in his career. Um, are you there yet or no? Well, the shooting has been good. It's not a high volume still. I think
1: he's been passable defensively. Uh, and, you know, again, he's the best they have. So you put him on that guy and you're sort of like, okay, he's guarding this guy. You know. But you know, if you really get into the playoffs and teams are trying to attack him, how does that look? And then the other thing, of course, though, is just that they aren't going to have any resources to re-sign him. Or you might say that they can do better. Pretty much that you can either pay him 120% raise off of the minimum, uh, or they can use that mini mid-level, the you know, three years, probably about $19 million or so, on him but in what's going to be a difficult free agent class for veterans to get paid maybe they can do better than him with that money is that the opportunity cost could be a little bit too high and then you think of what his market's going to look like if he continues to play well so i do think the more i think about it i think it is important for steph to get back and for them to really see how some of these guys fit looney looks like a shell of himself right now too he's got to get back um
0: Yeah, that's an important one. Uh, And, you know, I think what's been a bit forgotten with Looney is the injury in the finals uh, that, you know, really screwed his summer up. He spent six weeks basically inactive. Um, The body was a bit messed up. You know, it was like kind of a weird, His like chest was all mangled from it. Um, I know he had to do a lot of just like different, weirder like recovery, rehab stuff to get himself back. And even once it – was, it wasn't it was even really towards the end of the summer when he started kind of like trying to play pickup more. And then, you know, he gets the hamstring tweak late in the summer and then he re-hamstring tweaks like second day of training camp. Uh, the neuropathy, which, you know, is just a kind of a spooky thing for a guy to be dealing with. Like this guy just has not been able to physically play basketball really since Kawhi bucked him and like, you know, nearly ended the season. I know he kind of like fought back to get some minutes late in the finals. But, yeah, just – physically uh he just needs it he's not anywhere near where he was which is the main problem it's just to me it's all physical
1: oh yeah definitely i mean he's not he got on a couple of switches today and he was just he you could tell he was moving at an angle where he expected to be able to move fast enough to contain the guy you know that's kind of how he plays those switches and he was just like all of a sudden there's five feet of separation between him and the guy and
0: you could tell he's just like oh that's uh i expect to be able to move faster than this yeah, uh, but again, I mean, we the, as long as he can get his body where it once was, uh, he's already proven, you know, mentally the, the capabilities. Um, the last one I wanted to ask you, uh, as December 15th nears, it's this Sunday. Uh, which of these Warriors vets do you believe have any value on the trade market? Which do you believe they should move off, can move off? Who might want them? Alec Burks, I mean, Robinson's a name that I, I think is a is, uh, lesson because I think the Warriors do kind of view him as part of the future. But Alec Burks, to me, uh, is expendable. Uh, and then Willie Colley's dying, not having a good season. Um, but maybe there's a, a team like Boston that kind of needs some center help. That would I mean, do you think they might just come after him on the cheap? I mean, the Warriors would probably almost give him up.
1: Yeah, you know, it's and maybe even just get some roster spots for some more developmental guys. Bowman. I, I mean, they need to get him on the roster. Yeah, I mean, Damian Lee. I, my guess is that he just didn't play today because they just didn't want to use a two-way day uh, with Jacob Evans confirmed to be coming back. So, I did. This is a good chance for me to plug. I did a long pod with John Hollinger talking about the trade market on Sunday, and. There's, like, good players where we're like, are they even going to get a first for this guy, right? And and so certainly not a first. I mean, maybe, like, a late second from, like, you know, a top, like, 55th pick, something for Burks. I mean, he is at least on a minimum, so you don't have to worry about matching salary, which is a problem for a lot of these teams. But he's he's the guy who doesn't really scale particularly well. You know, maybe on a team like Orlando, a team that's really good defensively but starved for, Some kind of penetration ability like he has. I mean, he looks. And always desperate
0: to try to make the playoffs. You know, like if Burks could just come and get them to the seventh seed, they'd probably be happy.
1: Yeah, that's really the only team I can think of, though, that really
0: needs his skill set that actually. For Philly. For him. Don't they need a little bit of maybe some bench? They have the defense, maybe some more bench scoring.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe as an insurance policy or something like that. But I'm. I think he's kind of 10th man. Maybe someone gets injured. You need one more guy who can attack off the dribble. Yeah, Philly is a reasonable one. But, you know, I don't I don't think he would project to be in their rotation, frankly. But maybe if Thibel, you know, disappoints, they get some injuries.
0: How about Colley Stein? Um, you know, I, I theoretically, you know, like I said, a team like Boston, they're out there, like, searching for center help. And if if they don't want to pay the big price – for teams out there, if they don't want to commit long term money, um, I, I don't think the Warriors are necessarily searching for anything to get back for Collie Stein I think they just want to escape from that player option. Yeah, that's right, the player option. I might have said maybe Houston,
1: uh, who needs center help, and he could fit into their switching system. We haven't, when he's switched this year, it's actually looked okay. Any other time, it's looked awful for him defensively. So maybe he could fit in with what they're doing there. But they are always cost-conscious with the Rockets. And, you know, that player option is like $2 million for next year. But another guy who, right, maybe when they actually run, I mean, they're a really slow-paced team right now. Like, you get Steph back, you see him in, in that role. So, yeah, I, I do really think it's important to get Steph back just to get an idea of what's going on with the rest of these pieces. Uh, but, I mean, certainly Cauley-Stein uh, does not look like
0: the answer right now. All right, Nate, appreciate you coming on. Also, thanks to Chris Haynes for coming on. Um, and you ready for Knicks Warriors on Wednesday? Oh, yeah, can't wait. I have a quick prediction. I think the Warriors will not be in the bottom three record-wise by the end of the season. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they'll end up
1: better than, like, the Cavs. Uh I think they can at least like get to be competent defensively, which you know, some of these teams aren't good on offense or defense.
0: Yeah, and now that they're healthier. But anyways, I just mentioned that because, man, it is, it is a true lottery battle Wednesday night. Uh, worst, thing, worst two records in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I will talk to you then maybe if it's the worst game ever. Maybe I'll skip the podcast that night. Who knows? Thank you, Nate.